A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's lesson is all about investing in and making money with apartment buildings. Hey, hey, what's going on? Justin Williams here and welcome to the Millionaire University Podcast, the only school where you will graduate rich and not broke. In our last episode, I talked to my brother Derek about something that he and I have been doing to get great returns on our passive investments. One of those things was investing in commercial syndications, such as apartment buildings. So to build on that, for today, I brought on my good friends Jason and Peely Yarusi to elaborate on how someone could get involved in investing or actively participating in making money through apartment buildings. Jason and Peely were actually clients of mine back in the day, and it's been incredible seeing their journey and how far they've come in, as Peely reminded me, the past decade. But these guys are a great example of someone who had a vision, had a dream, took action, everything didn't fall together right away. But over time, they've built up this empire, if you will, of both real estate and an education business. So it's been so cool to see their journey. And I'm super grateful that they were willing to come on and share with us. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, rise to your feet, even if it's in your mind, and put your hands together and give it up for the ones, the only, Jason and Peely Yabrusi. 
Currently today, we've acquired about 3,000 units of multifamily apartments, about 300 million of real estate across eight different states. We started on that journey in apartment investing back in 2016. And so that's the trajectory of where we stand today. Three awesome kids, a bulldog, 13 chickens, and just a fun life here in Middle Tennessee. 2013, we decide a life behind a bar running restaurants is not for us anymore. And Jason and I go full force into our family's company, which was a house moving company. We actually that. lifted and moved homes. The paradigm to that is that company at the time was doing about 12 or 13 projects a year. And right before that time, Hurricane Sandy decimated Jeez. the East Coast. Hundreds of thousands of homes were affected. And just with that, all those homeowners were either in their home or displaced from their home. And part of them getting back to their home is they were in need to have their houses lifted to be able to meet the new FEMA regulations and hopefully not flood again. So my dad's company, which was doing 12 or 13 projects a year, overnight going from a couple calls a month was having about a thousand calls a day. Wow. So my little brother who was working for us mm -hmm. in New York City, Peely, who was my girlfriend at the time, myself, we moved back to New Jersey to really help dad scale this business. And over the course of the next couple of years, went from 12 projects a year to 250 to 300 projects a year. Wow. So that rapidly scaled. We ended up having our first child in 2014. I had jumped onto sales and I had also gotten my real estate license because one day we all sat down as a family and discussed that real estate and house flipping was the next level of our lives together. And we did that for a good number of years until one day Jason was listening to, I think it was Bigger Pockets, and you found this guy who was like all over Bigger Pockets saying that he could flip. 100 houses in a year that he had done this. And Jason was like, well, if this guy has- It was actually a bigger pockets post, right? But <laughs> yeah, let me give you a little through line to why we kept moving from the bar world to construction world to now house flipping. The thought was everything we were doing was like we had to do to get, right? Mm -hmm. So you're working at a bar, you have to serve a beer to get, hopefully get a tip. Same thing with construction. It was so specialized, we couldn't sub it out. So here we are, ourselves, my family, we're actively doing this work. And so we can't pull ourselves out of it. So if we don't show up, we're sick, we can't go to work, it's a holiday, we don't make money. And yep. so constantly looking at where we're gonna have a young family now and our time is our greatest resource, we constantly didn't have time. And so we kept trying to seek what would give us time. So we found real estate, we thought, uh -huh. Real estate was the journey, but between still owning some restaurants, now here we are running this very busy construction business and flipping these homes. And actually, I was a real estate agent. And Peely being a real estate agent. And we just had our first child. And you were coming to be wow. pregnant with the second. We were continuing to have less and less time. So our goal of being able to control our day was slowly fleeting away. And so Peely now came upon this thought here where we found who we're talking today. Justin Williams, <laughs> 100 houses a day. And we and jumped I remember into what? A year, 100 houses a year, not a day. This, put a year. 100 yeah, houses a year. Yeah. That's, what it that's what it sounded like at the time. It was so foreign to, to anything that we yeah. would ever know. And so usually it's that first time you hear it and then you have to dissect it and put it back into you to say, okay, can I accept this? And that was our first part of accepting it. And that can carry through to a lot, but that was our journey of meeting Justin. And of course, coming into the mastermind with Justin and learning so much about really what him and, and his organization were able to do, his company was able to do, and then see other people that were part of the mastermind mm -hmm. that were doing these tremendous things. And, and giving us this foundation of business. Because 
we already knew how to flip a house, but it is the operations behind it, doing the same flip over and over again, and actually structuring out your business in such a way that you could actually work on your business and not in your business. So that is how we found and grew our house flipping business and our wholesaling business to where it was in 2018. So let's transfer back to 2016. We get into large multifamily investing. We kept looking for economies of scale, right? So the house flipping, we were doing that fine. The good was not recipe for great. And so we kept looking for that next piece of what was going to be our path forward in real estate. And we came upon buying large apartment investing. So we started investing in small rentals out of state, really did well with that. However, the scale that just seemed like logistical chaos. So having 50 duplexes all around the country just seemed like a logistical nightmare. Came upon large apartment investing where you could buy this one building. And that made a lot of sense to us. We had had, of course, a big construction company. We had small restaurants and big restaurants. We understood that the process regardless is the same, whether it's small or large. But the ability to get more and maximize, right? You maximize your revenue, right? You can control expense. You can do a lot of other things that can control the business with a large apartment building. So we sold everything we had back in 2015 and 16, learned a ton through 2016 to acquire our first 94 unit. That was in 2017. That was in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. And that takes us to today. And Jason, let you know about where our portfolio stands. You started with restaurants, but you weren't to. Wait, you worked together at the time? When you started working in a bar or a restaurant? I actually met Peely in 2003. Uh-huh. I came to work at this outside bar for construction, and Peely was actually the manager of the bar. So oh, I guess hey. a good recipe <laughs> for our relationship is that I was my already the boss of this whole thing with Peely is that she <laughs> didn't even think I was qualified enough to be a bartender. So we, we could put that out there as the starting place for where our relationship That's started. Awesome. So I, I had a lot of room that I had to move up to really get to her. <laughs> so you guys weren't entrepreneurs at that time. Later on, you became more entrepreneurial. No, I was very much a, I went to college, did the college thing. I get a job, make money, pay rent, and live my life happily. That was my trajectory. I had no like huge dreams about opening a business. Yeah. Jason, on the other hand, he got a finance degree. We were both I was in the arts. doing small things, but like yeah. nothing, like just a bunch of stuff, right? I came out, yeah, I was working in bars. I opened a restaurant. I mean, opened a production company at one time. We were doing a bunch of things, but I, I didn't actively know the word entrepreneurship. So I was just doing stuff. My dad had always come from a part where he's had his own business and I'd seen the, um, the trials and tribulations of that side of it with construction. And so I was constantly doing things. And at the same time, I would work at bars or do other things that would just give me the fulfillment of having income doing those projects. And then your dad's company started to take off. You got more involved in that. Peely got her real estate license. And then that's when our paths converged. I remember yesterday when you guys joined the House Flipping Formula program and then Peely inquiring about seven figure flipping. And I almost tried to talk you out of it several times. And you're like, I'm in, Uh we're doing this. No, you did. I remember having a conversation with one of your salespeople and they're trying to get us to go into, I think you had a six figure program. I was like, no, do I have access to Justin? No. Okay. I want to get into the seven. Here's my (laughs) credit card. Put us into the seven figure program. I want Justin's cell phone number because I fully believe. And if you want to grow your business and if you want to grow your network, you have to go to those people that can do that for you. I didn't want the second tier program. I wanted the upper tier program that was going to take our business to the next level. I had seen the proof 
in the pudding because all of our friends that join seven figures, I call it a semester before us, a season before us, were already doing seven figures. And here Jason and I were like scraping by, but putting yourself into the room with people who are doing it is absolutely key. We didn't have exposure. So we come from a family that has a small business. They've always done a small business. Our network, I grew up in a we'll say middle or upper um, class town that everybody was traditional route. Go to school, go to college, get a job, right? Do yep. that job. So whether it be in some kind of finance, working in Wall Street or some insurance company or medical sales, right? That's what people do, right? That's what you do. So I didn't have the understanding of the other side of people who are out there betting on themselves because the bet was that, Hey, if I get a good job, that's going to be the best bet that I've secured for myself. Mm -hmm. So having access to other people that were doing these, it helps you understand the dynamics of how you can take calculated risks that actually put you in more control than if you are currently being employed by someone else, because then your destiny is set with the decisions by that person. So what I love about this is, okay, a few things here. First of all, I got chills when you were talking about the bigger pockets post, because on the other end mm -hmm. of that, I don't know if I've told you this story. I posted that thing and it happened to be around the same time Tara went through a two year long depression, right? It happened to be around the same time that this was just starting and it was a really hard time for us. Like sometimes people don't know what's going on the other side. We all have lies. We all have struggles. We all have challenges, right? Mm -hmm. I posted that genuinely wanting to help people, but of course thinking, oh, this might be a good thing to possibly help get some more exposure, right? And more people can find out about our company and stuff like that. And people absolutely crushed me in that post, right? You probably saw some of that saying that's impossible. Mm -hmm. I did. Yes. I actually said to Pio, I said he was getting a ton of heat for this, but you broke it down to how you can do it. And I guess people get stuff through story and story, intellectual, or just really just the numbers. To me, I can get things with the numbers. So I saw what you did. I was like, okay, I get it. But usually, most times, if people can't see it, they're all automatically going to say it can't be done. So Holy. for maybe someone who's only been able to do one flip a year, and we had no exposure to this. So we didn't have a gauge of what was realistic. And what we saw was that you broke it down. We're like, okay, that's what he said he's going to do. So it sounds like it can be done. And so when you do that, it makes it more approachable. And that's why even with the program, we saw all those people do that, right? We saw people doing tens and dozens and hundreds of houses, whether it's on flipping or wholesaling, because they said, okay, here's the steps you do it. Instead of saying, I need to do 100 houses a year. This is what I need to do per month. This is what I need to do per week. This is how many uh, leads I have to get. This is how many calls I have to generate. This is how many clothes I have to have, right? And then it becomes real. And when you do that, it makes it so much more approachable. What was so interesting about that post is even though I'm pretty like aggressive in some ways, I'm a pretty sensitive guy. People don't always know this about me. So I write this post and then I'm getting absolutely destroyed. And then Tara comes to me. She's like, I feel horrible. Let's go for a drive. We're in Utah visiting her family at the time. And I'm like distracted from being there with Tara because I'm reading these comments about people are calling me liar and all this stuff. And I guess the point I want to make is sometimes in life, in business, you got to put yourself out there. And I'm mm -hmm. trying not to get too emotional here. But now sitting here with you guys years later, seeing what you've done and knowing that you read that post and that's how you found me. And who cares about all the noise? Who cares about everyone else that saying you're a liar? I don't, you're not really doing this. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut and put all that noise to the side because someone needs to hear well, what you're saying. Let's get granular though. Like that, it started off with this post and you got ripped apart. But Jason, and I saw something. I remember because I was going through postpartum at the time and Jason was like, I got to get Peely to go do something, to go be around people. Mm, wow. And so I jumped in with you. So wow. that lifted me out of that. So there's that. 
first of all. But then even just with that post, like you have to also layer on. So we jumped into seven figures. We were there for two years with you. And then through that, it gave me the knowledge that we could do it. So we got into large multifamily. Yes. And then through large multifamily, being able to bring that back to those people that we met within the group that you started some of our biggest investors and biggest partners have come through that group. In fact, yeah. because of Seven Figures, our current largest partners, Bill Allen and Chad King, are two of our largest partners. And that came through the Seven Figure group and because comes, of a post. And it all comes full circle. And the fact that Bill bought the company from me and you guys got to know Bill through that. And now you guys are partners. <laughs> and I think my family alone has like half of their net worth with you guys. He's not really kidding. A decent has amount. a decent amount with you and Bill and the syndications and properties you guys are doing. Anyway, it's pretty wild. We went a little longer on that than I planned, but I just got chills talking about some of that stuff. So I'm like, wow, I don't know. Follow your heart. Believe in yourself. Don't listen to the noise. Mm -hmm. As what's her name says, the haters gonna hate the what's her name? Taylor Swift. The most popular, like well-known person <laughs> in the world right now. You just got to block out the noise. Okay, so let's get to this commercial investing. Let's talk about it. This is something that as we recently sold our house and we had a lot of our equity in there, I've really been doing a lot of investing, passive investing, commercial investing, but there are also other opportunities. Let's do a commercial investing 101. How do people get started if they want to be a quote unquote operator, if they want to be more of a passive investor? There's a lot here, but where do we begin? So we buy apartment buildings. And for the simple reason is that we use these to go in there and basically make the apartment building a better place to live. And when we do that, the experience for the tenant of course, it gets better, right? So we may raise the rents, but with true awareness that we're improving the building and making this a better experience for them to live in. That ultimately improves the revenue and being able to improve the revenue and help to control the expenses creates more cash flow. And that cash flow, once we pay the mortgage or pay anything else of expenses that are owed, is something that we now can provide back as revenue or distributions to our investors. So the more we can improve the building, the better the returns will be on the building, and it becomes a more attractive property or more attractive investment for our investors. Our investors themselves, they come and they'll invest with us in an LLC. That LLC buys the apartment community. So each time we find a building, we create an entity. That entity has both us, ourselves, the GPs, we're the operators, right? And maybe some other operator partners with ourselves, along with passive investors. And they will invest money, the passive investors, to help us fund the down payment fees, closing costs, and any of our construction budget for the project. Together, we buy these apartment buildings, and then those investors partake in those distributions, but they're able to also, depending on how they invest, take part in a number of other attractive things that come from apartment communities. So they're able to get cash flow. They're able to take part in the appreciation, both the natural appreciation that incurs with us being in good markets and forced appreciation where we improve the building through shows and improvements. And those improvements increase the overall value of the building. Then we get the depreciation, the tax advantages, and the overall, the economies of scale of having a large building. This helps compared to a single family investment where the single family house, you have one tenant or you have no tenants, right? So you either have 
income or you have zero income, right? So your upside and your downside is heavily reliant on that one tenant. With that, you have one roof, right? So if the roof goes or the HVAC goes or the driveway needs to be replaced, they're all reliant on that one stream of income. With 100 tenants, we have 100 people that will hopefully have some capacity to pay rent, right? But even if they don't, say of we have 95% occupied, I have a 100 unit building, we have five that are vacant. If we have 95 tenants paying, it still puts us in a great likelihood to be able to have enough revenue to overall be able to cover our expenses, pay for our debt service, and have cash flow for our investors. Wow, I think you talk faster than I do, Jason. So you unpacked my question in about 30. Now I'm going to unpack all your comments. So let's go back. How do you find these properties? So when we are looking for a building, we get specific on where we want, right? It's like the particular activator. Like we want to go out there and buy a car. We just don't show up in a car lot and say, let me just buy a car, right? We know we're going to go find a blue Chevy Tahoe. So then we start seeing them more and they start being more in front of us. Same thing with the building is that we source 75 to 150 units in predominant markets. So in our Nashvilles, in our Atlantas, like primarily we're seeking one type of building in one type of market. We're looking for markets that have job growth, job diversity. So there's not just one reliant employer, employment growth, our landlord friendly states do not have an oversupply of units, have an increased demand, have continuing historical high occupancy of tenant base. So we look at these areas and within these areas, we seek the type of building that's going to fit our business plan. So 100 unit building here in Nashville that's built between 1980 and 2010, that would be a great mile marker. So when we're going out there to help others do the same thing and learn how to buy these buildings, we make sure they have a target market. They identify their avatar property. They have the idea of what their business plan looks like. So as they're going for sourcing opportunities, when they find that opportunity, they're better aligned to understand how it operates, what kind of team members they need from brokers to insurance people to property managers. So as they start to acquire these buildings, they have the whole team around them to help support the business plan forward. Love it. So single family investing, you're looking on the MLS, you're looking mm -hmm. online. Is there a website people go to find these properties for sale? Are you guys sure. sending out mailers? How are you getting in contact with the owner or the agent of these properties that look like they could potentially be a good deal to you? Broker relationships. So in single family, you call agents, you get on their lists. You don't go to MLS for large apartment right? buildings, yeah. but there are websites that you can go to search out large apartment buildings. But we have found the best way to get to these large apartment buildings is going directly to broker relations or going direct to seller marketing, just like single family investments. But it becomes a little bit of a different animal. So in the single family realm, we just sent out like these little pink or green or yellow yep. postcards. Like we all did that. And they, people still do that today. For us, it might be a large envelope with information, with all the things that we're looking for, that if they're very interested, they can come and contact us and we'd love to have a conversation. It'll be things that are of a higher caliber so that they know that we are of a higher caliber too. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. <coughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments 
to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest, is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health, and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at franbridgeconsulting.com. That's franbridgeconsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So seven of 10 opportunities we find are going to go through brokers. They have the lion's share of the network out there. They're having day-to-day conversations. Okay. They know the buyer and sellers that are within the market. So seven of 10, we're going to find through some broker relationships. So they're very important to cultivate these relationships. Make sure Most they important. know exactly what we are looking for so they can help us find it. And we can help them to search it out. The other Three of 10, we have brought through just walking across the parking lot from one building to another through finding them through just our resources, through lawyers or through other insurance partners, through sending out mailers. There's multiple other ways we'll find these. Or it could be that we've already brought a building from a seller and we'll buy another one from a seller. Now, the difference between most of the single family marketing and the larger commercial marketing is that you are marketing to apartment buildings typically to an investor, right? So the conversation is a lot easier. It's not someone that you send a mail or two because there's some emotional attachment to the house that someone's going to call up and start yelling at you. Most of the time, it's just a truly numbers financial talk. Hey, yeah. you have this building. What's the opportunity here? So it's a much more unemotional conversation you will have with this person because it's typically the owner of an investment. That said, there's more layers for you to get through because most of these are owned in some entity structure, right? So there's LLCs and other parts. So when you send these mailers, it might go to a registered agent or something else that's not directly going to the seller. So there's more layers of the onion for you to peel back to get to the true owner. So basically, there's less 
properties. You're sending a bigger package, a little more time, energy, effort, money put into this package, more layers, but obviously the deal's a lot bigger as well, right? So how right. would someone who's brand new go about trying to develop a broker relationship and or starting to send out these mail? Like I'm sitting here on my computer, like where, what website would I just look up? brokers of apartment buildings in Google and... So you're looking multifamily brokers and say you're in Nashville, Tennessee, or you're looking at uh, commercial brokers, Nashville, Tennessee, and you're going to come up with a lot of larger broker houses. So the Marks and Miller chaps, the CBREs, the Cushman and Wakefields, those are going to be it. First thing you need to do just to get an idea of the properties that come across is that you can sign up on their databases basically to get on their list. Put your email in, say, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. I want to look for apartment buildings. And every time they have an offering, it may be every couple of weeks, every week, you will get an email about that offering. So you can get an understanding to the type of projects that they usually have available because different brokers will have different property types. The Marks and Miller Chaps might be a two to $10 million investment where the Cushman and Wakefield, they may be 20 plus million dollar investment. So you want to know what type of properties you're going after, because that's going to help you understand which broker is going to be the best one for you. Underneath, when you see these offerings at the bottom, they're going to have, hey, here's a senior advisor, here's the associate brokers, and you're going to have a list of who are actually the brokers of record on these properties. Typically, you'll have their email, their phone number. You can get a call with them. But when you come to the call, I typically want to give them a frame of what I'm looking for, right? I don't want to say, hey, I want to buy an apartment building because it would be just like someone here saying, hey, I want to buy in a business. And you'd be like, well, what kind of business? One that makes money, right? That's sometimes how these calls come to the brokers yeah. where if we go and I get on the phone with a company that I know does anywhere between 2 and $10 million offerings, I can say, hey, listen, I'm looking for 50 to 75 units here in Nashville that are built between 1970 and 2000. I see you've had a couple properties out like that. I'm looking for a typical project size of five to 8 million. Now they have a reference so they can understand what exactly I'm searching for. So when they have that kind of opportunity, I can be on their mind to give me that type of investment as an opportunity for me to dissect. And it's also really helpful to have your sort of real estate resume, especially if you're new. It is very helpful if you have a mentor who is allowing you to put them as a board of advisors. So say you're a house flipper and you want to get into large multifamily. You can tell the brokers about your house flipping experience and how many single family rental that you have in your portfolio. But what they also want to know is, can you close? Yep. Who is on your resume that can help you to close? So for instance, if you went or were going after something here in Murfreesboro where Jason and I live, and you happened to get to the deal before we did, if you had our names on your resume and we were your mentors, it would give the broker more justification to keep on feeding you more information or to even work with you because he knows that you have the backing of a really good mentor. Do they refer to that as a sponsor? So they may need to come on and sponsor the loan depending on the type of project. Okay, got it. Our first project, we were able to do ourselves. We had enough energy and just enough knowledge. We had built a team around us in terms of the property managers. So we had a bunch of people working with us to help us make sure that this would be the right investment and also a successful investment. However, if you do not have the net worth to qualify for the loan, or you don't have the cash flow or just the cash requirements for the loan, you may need to bring on additional person who has that, has the ability to balance sheet to help you do this project. So it really just comes down to you and where you're starting of the other resources that you may need to be able to get the deals done. 
Where would you go to get a list if you're going to start mailing these people? You can go to CoStar. That's a typically a paid one right there. There's also a Reese and Moody site or a Yardy site. These are paid platforms you can go and they typically have the owners of apartment communities and will have some breakout of the information of the ownership list. Okay. So obviously there's many angles to get into this. We are talking about limited partners and active partners. And you had mentioned this in the beginning when we first started talking. I really want to hone in on that. So a limited partner is the investors that come in. They provide funding to the deal. What Jason and I do is the active partner side. We actively deal with the deal. We take care of the tenants. We take care of the management. We take care of finding the funds to take the deal down. We also find the deal. So if you want to be on the active side, then a program like Seven Figure Multifamily would be amazing for you. But if you wanted to be on the limited partner side, the best thing to do is do your due diligence and your research on those partners, on those investors. Jason and I fully believe that the numbers have to work on the deal and we can run numbers with you every day. But if you don't invest with someone that has the knowledge and has the historical knowledge to get through and get a deal to the finish line, then you need to keep looking for that person to invest in. I want to get into the passive just a minute. But if someone was interested in being active, someone who has never ran a business, never been in real estate, never done a deal, they're not just going to go out on their own if they don't have the funding and just take down this 200 unit apartment building. Probably not realistic, right? But the different foot in the door strategies is if they can learn like, how to reach out to these people and some of the basic questions to ask, they could potentially act as like a bird dog for someone like you guys or someone who has a lot of experience in multifamily. They could act as like a bird dog for them and get paid probably a finder's fee. I I know they do that in single family. Is that something in the multifamily realm? A lot less than you see in the single family world, but we have brought deals from people sourcing the deal out there and bringing us as part of the deal because this was a project above their wherewithal and their main goal was to be able to do this. And when they do that, they can be a partner of the deal and have equity share in the deal for basically sourcing those types of projects. Yes. Even with that, we can label them bird dogs, but really they're acquisition specialists. Like that type of acquisition specialist is very involved in the multifamily aspect. Another way to do it is to get into a program where you can learn, take it a step further than YouTube University and go and talk to mentors, go and talk to people who are doing it and learn that way and find a program that's appropriate for you, that you can learn the basics and then take action necessary. Love it. So I wanna spend the rest of the time talking about passive investing. I'm in a situation, my brother's in a situation where I just sold my house, had a bunch of equity from that. He sold a bunch of his short-term rentals. I have a friend, a doctor, and he's like, hey, I wanna start a business. I'm like, no, you don't, you're a doctor. I asked him, I said, what do you really want? Are you dying to start a business? He's like, no, I want to make more money and do it passive. I'm like, you don't want to start a business. You already make good money. You just got to learn how to invest your money. I was blown away because this guy's super smart and he didn't even know the basics of investing. So he now invests with you guys and Bill. What does that look like? I'm just going to throw out some stuff. You guys are like, no, we didn't break it down differently. We're like, how there's, it's what is like 30 to 70% ownership, 70% the investor, and then They get paid the 7% return and then there's the upside. Anyway, I'm butchering it. No, you're doing a good job to get free. Yeah, yeah. But before we jump into the numbers, I also want to just say a little bit on you have to know your investor 
or you have to know that, totally. for instance, your doctor friend, you introduced yeah. your doctor friend to us and Bill because you have this longstanding, over a decade relationship with all of us. So there's that. You have that connection. 100%. Make sure that the people that you're investing in, you make that connection with them because these types of investments could be three years, seven years, 10 years, depending yep. on the scope of the investment. First yeah. rule so of investing us, is don't lose your money, right? Yeah, and yes. right. Yep. <laughs> invest with yep. people that have a track record. You've done your due diligence, 100%. Yeah. So we buy these as an LLC, as we remembered. And so say within there, there's hundred percent of ownership interest, right? We own 30% and the investors, all the passive investors have 70%. This is our standard, right? They can all change, but typically just an average idea of how we do it is that investors will own 70%. We will own 30%. However, with the investment, because the investors are coming in and we are putting our own capital, but they are also putting up the lion's shares of the capital to help us have the down payment, the fees, the construction budget to be able to buy and operate this project, they get a preferred return. What this means of available distributions that come out, the investors get the first returns, right? So preferred return is they may be a 7%, might be 8%, of their investment each year. And this happens before there's any of that additional split 70-30 of the upside starts to happen where we take part of it. This is a good alignment of interest because they are putting up the line share of the capital that they have to have this preferred return met to be able to go into this cash flow requirement where this is part of the cash flow and also part of the profit at sale. Beyond this, there's the depreciation. So we do something called cost segregation, where it's a financial engineering study where we take the building and instead of having it streamlined over 27 and a half years, we're able to use uh, cost segregation to break down like your carpet never lasts 27 and a half years, but the carpet is a five year component. So if there was $100,000 of carpet, traditionally it would go out streamlined, split that by 27 and a half year. Here we take it over five year categories. We take it in bigger chunks up front. So even though you're getting some kind of revenue from the property, depending on how you're investing, you might also get a paper loss that you can use to offset some of your income that you're making in your other investments out there and be able to get offsets to those so you're not having such a heavy tax burden. Let's talk about accredited investor versus non-accredited and what the opportunities are there. What does that mean to be an accredited investor? For an accredited investor, there's a couple things, but the ones that are most well-known is either you need to have a million dollar net worth, not including your personal residence. So this would be net worth, whether it's business, other investments, other houses that are rental houses, or you have to make $200,000 a year for the last two years if you're an individual, or that would be $300,000 a year for the last two years if you're married. Another way you could do it is if you have a business that business was worth $5 million, that's another way. That would be an accredited investor. The sophisticated investor is someone who does not basically meet those requirements, that, but has some business savvy or business knowledge or investment knowledge. We all have friends and family that maybe make $150,000, but are completely business savvy or have invested for a number of years and are able to make educated decisions. And we do two types of investments. One is a 506C where we can openly market. Like today we have an investment, right? It's a 506C. We could tell your audience who we don't know that they could invest with us as long as they were accredited, right? To meet the first requirements. If we have the other type that we offer at times, it's a 506B. What that does is it allows accredited investors, but it also allows the sophisticated investors who are not accredited to invest with us. But the stipulation is we can't openly market it and it has to be to our network, to people 
that we have a pre-existing relationship with. Bottom line for anyone listening, if you're an accredited investor, you're open up to a bunch of different investment opportunities. But if you're not, there's still plenty of opportunities. The thing is, if you're not accredited, the best thing to do is, for instance, if you're not accredited and you're listening to this podcast, reach out to Justin. If you've known Justin or you've heard Justin for the last few years, reach out to Justin and he will either find somebody for you or give you a list of people that he's worked with. Of course, no investment is ever promised, but you can go out and start talking to people. What I try and do when I talk to non-accredited investors is that I want to listen to their story. I want to listen to some of their financial background. And I can gather all this without actually telling them to open up your financial statement. And I want to make sure that they have some basic knowledge. And if they don't, then great. It's on me to give them that basic knowledge and create this relationship that maybe in the future, because even our passive investors are limited partners. Mm -hmm. So these relationships can turn into partnerships into the future, but it takes a little while to establish that. I love it. So guys, this has been amazing. You guys have shared a wealth of knowledge with us. My head is spinning. I'm glad that I'm on the other end where I can just give you my money and let you figure it all out. If anyone is interested in learning more about how they can either be an active or a passive partner with what you guys have going on, where can they find you? You can go directly to our website, Yarusi Holdings, Y-A-R-U-S-I, the word holdings.com. That website will take you to us. It'll take you to our educational program and it'll also take you to our current offerings mic drop this has been great it's been awesome knowing you the past decade isn't that crazy and we still look sexy as ever so sexy (laughs) all right guys thank you so much thank you justin thank you we'll talk to you soon aren't they the coolest Now, something I want to point out is as I was talking to Jason and Peely, I saw this pattern. And as I thought about it, this is the pattern I see in all successful business owners and investors. It all starts with a desire, a desire for something more, a desire for something better, a desire for change, a hope, a belief, a hope and belief that that change can be made. Then comes a lot of imperfect action. From this action comes information, feedback, knowledge, experience, failures, triumphs, constant pivots, constant adjustments, constant recalibrating of the direction that one might go to reach these goals that they have. This also comes with connections, with relationships. And when people see that you're an action taker, that you're not just someone who talks, they start to take you more seriously. They want to be associated with you. They want to work with you. They want to be a part of that. They can feel it. And then you're able to take that knowledge, that experience, those relationships, and the things you've learned through creating systems and processes, and you're able to create something amazing. But it all starts somewhere. As we've been driving through New Zealand these past couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of trees. And it's so interesting because you see this pattern of you see a bunch of big trees, but then you see other trees where you could see that they got cut down recently. But then not too far from them, you see some smaller trees and you can see trees that have been planted and you see trees in all these different stages. We need the resources that come from trees. So you have these people out there that are constantly planting trees, letting them grow, taking care of them then cutting them down, using them, replanting them. And I think the thing is most people in life, they want the resource that comes from the tree without planting the tree. 
without nurturing the tree, without taking care of the tree, without putting in the work and the effort that it takes to grow something special, to grow something that will then give back to you. Now, it seriously blows my mind to think that I first met Jason and Peely a decade ago. I mean, it just makes me feel like, oh man, I'm getting older, right? But the truth is like time goes by so fast. And I used to look at things like, oh, I need it now. It's got to happen. And the truth is like changing that perspective changes everything. It's not about overnight success. It's not about getting everything you want right now. Honestly, that would be the lamest life ever. Just being honest with you. It's about putting in the consistent and persistent work that it takes day in and day out. And once again, I'm not talking about the hustle or the grind or working 80 hours a week. I'm talking about just consistent and persistently doing the most important things that matter the most today. Now you're saying, oh, what is the most important thing? You never are going to know the most important thing. If we did all know that, we'd all be billionaires 10 times over. But doing what you believe to be the most important thing to do today. And then constantly working in your business a little bit, but also trying to work on your business, taking a step back so you can take 10 forward. Taking, as Jason mentioned, those calculated risks and risks become less risky as you continue to learn and grow and surround yourself with the right people and take action. So anyway, I could go on for days and I will go on for days because we ain't going anywhere. We have so much planned and so much in store for Millionaire University. But just like you guys, it takes time because there's nothing more important to me than my family. It's like, why am I doing it? I'm doing it so I can be here right now with my family. So we can travel the world, so we can have these experiences and know it's not perfect. It's been a growth process in and of itself. But the reason why we're able to do this, the reason why we can pretty much go where we want, when we want, how we want, we answer to no one. And by we, I mean Tara and I, okay, we kind of answer to each other, but it is because of that tree that we planted many years ago. So if you've planted that tree, Keep nurturing it. Keep planting more trees. If you haven't planted that tree yet, don't wait till tomorrow. Plant it today. Or if it's late at night, you can plant it tomorrow. But just get going. And at first, yeah, you got to do something just how Jason was saying. He was working at restaurants, working at bars. He was doing whatever it took to make money. He went and helped his dad's business. So you got to be doing the things that are going to make you money today if that's one of your needs. But just constantly be thinking about the future and growing something, building something that can give back to you. Just how Jason and Peely were mentioning, you aren't just exchanging the time for dollars. It's not like you have to do something to get that, but something that can then be growing for you and working for you regardless of what you're doing. That's the best part. All right, guys, that's all we got for today. Hope you have a great week. We will be heading to French Polynesia in just a few days. So we're super excited for that. So we'll keep you posted. Keep taking action one day at a time. You've got this. I believe in you. You can do it. Until next time, this is Justin Williams, your chief money-making officer signing off. Class dismissed. <laughs>